Welcome to season one, episode one of the Sweetie Patrice Show, Small Business Spotlight, Mompreneur Style. This season is all about meeting and speaking with moms that are killing it as being moms as well as being CEO and running business. Um, for our season one, we have the lovely Contessa Houston here, a longtime friend. However, she is dominating in her field. I'm not going to give it away. I'm going to let her do the talking. Um, Contessa, first of all, welcome to the show and thank you for coming. Um, tell me about yourself. Thank you for having me. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen you, but yes, I see you on Facebook often. <laughs> right, right, right. So to keep in contact with everyone. Um, but you said, tell me about myself. I'm into quite a bit now. Okay. I'm the ranks of being a mom. Okay, so, congratulations. Thank you. I'm learning how to balance that with being an entrepreneur, and I'm used to being on the run. Okay. So it's kind of put a, I wouldn't say a restraint, but I have to think more so about her well-being now when I do a lot of things. But it's an amazing adventure. Um, mompreneur, entrepreneur, um, kind of into a lot of different things, but I am a master of my craft. Okay. Um, but yeah, what else do you want to know about me? Okay, so what do you do? Give us um, a little insight of some of the things that you have going on. Okay, well, right now what I have going on, I'm in the midst of moving my store. Okay. Um, the store actually opens in a couple of weeks, actually, June 1st to be exact. So we'll be in Wicker Park this time. Okay. Finally in a more shopping area. Um, so the store is reopening there. I'm currently on the ways I've been working on um, event planners. Okay. For the last year and a half, and I finally have that about to launch, I would say probably within the next two months. It'll definitely be up for the 2019 season. Um, but yeah, I'm an entrepreneur at the heart. My main thing is fashion. Okay. And um, creativity at its best. And I'm still into a lot of volunteering stuff. So um, the youth. Okay, okay. You, you. So you're a serial entrepreneur. You got it all. I am a serial entrepreneur. Okay, like myself. Yeah, that's what I tell them too. So what, what made you want to become a entrepreneur? How, how did you get started? Mm-hmm. I've been an entrepreneur since I was seven. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, hi. She just woke up. Okay, not a problem. Later on, she kind of tagged along with me often too. So hopefully, she's not going to get that. Okay. But um, starting off at seven, my mom bought me a jewelry box, a jewelry making kit for Christmas. And I got it, started making jewelry for her friends, started selling it. When I found out, they, was, they probably were just mad from me because I was a kid selling stuff. Right. But I uh, started selling them things, and it started from there. Okay. So I always tell people I started at seven years old making jewelry, selling it to my mom's friend. I sold it in West Finch too to teachers. Okay, okay, okay. So you knew since day one that this was something that you wanted to I get. I always into. wanted to be my own boss. Okay. My own boss. Okay, okay. So in your field, I know you have the store and you're getting ready to relocate and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. What resources would you say that's available? For people that maybe wanted to open the store the correct way or something like that. If you're looking to, the city of Chicago actually is a great resource if you're not open in the city of Chicago. Okay. Um, a lot of people think that just because you're opening up a, um, a store, you have to go to the city and get licensed through the city. You don't. The only way you have to get a license through the city of Chicago is if you're opening up a brick and mortar. 
Um, what is it? If you're opening up brick and mortar, no actual location. Okay. Um, but the city of Chicago actually, even for the people that are just going to go into venture and sell online, they're a great resource for the fact that it's free and they actually have a small business center that you can go into a city hall. Um, you don't have to make an appointment or anything. Just walk in. Walk in, tell them what you're trying to do. Now, if it's details, if it's really detailed, then they'll set up an appointment with you so that way you can work with the specialist um, and come back in. But the city of Chicago is a great resource for people looking to open up any business in the city. Um, okay. The WB, oh God, what is that? It's WBEM? I forget the acronym, but it's a women's um, empowerment group that's in the city of Chicago as well. Okay. They actually give you classes. So they'll send you through an entire like 16 program and then they have drop-in classes that you can drop into to open up the classes, um, to open up the business. And they also um, help you get certified for minorities and for women. If you're 51% of the company, they'll help you get certified so you can um, secure certain procurement okay. um, contracts within the city and actually with the country. So, um, for instance, Tom Ed was looking a couple of years ago, Tom Ed was looking to um, get shirts for their, I think it was their tier four alignment across the country. Okay. And they actually sent out a bid. So people, if you were certified through the city, you could actually bid to get the business from that. That was a huge contract. Oh, so okay. That's, um, that's another resource. It's, it's, it's a lot of resources out there. When I say a lot, people just have to actually look for them. Okay. Um, look for them and talk to someone that actually has um, been in the business, that opened it up properly. Okay. And they should know, but I mean, if it's a free resource, I don't see why they won't know. Um, the city of Chicago also have business resources, the SSAs are in each community. Okay. Those are free resources too. Okay. Okay, cool. So they they should definitely, if they're in Chicago, to check out the city of Chicago for free help. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. So what about some special roadblocks to watch out for? Special roadblocks to watch out for would be different areas where you're trying to open up. And this is only if you're looking to open up an actual space. Okay. If you're looking to open up a space, depending on the areas um, that you're opening the space up in, you can go in with no problem. Okay. Sign a lease with whoever owned the building, open up space. Um, but then you have to look out for people that are that open their business the right way and they see another business that's coming in that could possibly sabotage their business. Okay. Um, so they'll call the city on them and tell them, hey, they're not licensed. And the city will actually come out fine. Oh, so wow. That's a roadblock. Um, that's actually not, it wouldn't be considered a roadblock. That's just called open up the right way so you won't get um, trampled. But when, you, when you're opening up in different communities in the city of Chicago, a roadblock would be the different areas, unfortunately. We're still in a time where there's racial bias. Okay. So you just, you're just not about to walk into any area, especially if it's a driving predominant area, a lot of um, African American, you're going to have issues opening up those because they're going to tell you if it's, they, want, they want to know if you're zoned properly, they want to know if. Um, if you actually have um, certain licenses, who's going to be working for you? How oh wow! Own it, so it depends on the area. So when you see businesses open up 
small, if it's especially small black businesses open up in Wicker Park area, Lincoln Park areas, just know they went through a lot to get those. Because you can open up in a black area in a minute. That's why so many that opens and closes. Okay, so it's not as strategic as exactly. Okay, so basically, Contessa is telling y'all to make sure that y'all not y'all ass cross y'all T's and be prepared for the adversity depending on what locations or areas in the city you want to open your storefront in. Okay, so you're a mom too, and we have this pretty lady in the office with us today. Um, how old is she? She's two and a half months. She's 11 months. So you are a new, new mom. She's not even one year. <laughs> and she is just a jolly baby. Okay, so as a mom and an entrepreneur, um, what are some, some of the common myths you've heard? I haven't heard a lot yet. Okay. Um, but I think one of the big ones that that was told to me, this was years before I even had a kid, was okay. that once you have a baby, you'll have to stop your life. Okay. And everything becomes about the baby, and you know, whatever you had going on, it's over with. I think that's a myth. Yeah, I, I agree too. That I don't think I actually know that's a myth. And the reason being is because even though I put my life on hold, because when she first got here, I was going through a few things. I just lost my mom, um, had a high risk pregnancy, um, had to move the store, had just, well, actually had two stores at the time. So it's like, a lot took place and I went into a place where I had to where I had to mentally block out everything and everybody so I shut down but that was the only time. Once she turned like six, seven months, I was like, Oh, jump, I gotta rebuild I gotta pull it together because now I got her and we have to get back on track. So I know that was one of the main myths that you have to put your entire life on hold and wait to they turn eighteen before you can get back out there. So Right, because I know with me being an entrepreneur, one of the things that I had to deal was you're a bad mom because you're always gone to take care of business or you're uh, you're not cooking them a healthy meal because you're out late and by the time you get home, uh, you know, you don't have that much time. And I feel like that's a myth too because if you're putting your family in a predicament where future, you know, a few years forward, that they'll be set for college or future generations, that's a sacrifice that you have to make sometimes as an entrepreneur. Yes, I actually heard that one too. Where you say you're a bad mom if you're if you're keeping if you keep and y'all excuse my baby. She wanted to talk too. It's all right. She she she's like she got some points to prove too. And they're in here dressed alike with the matching tees. <laughs> Adorable. But yeah, they. Um, I won't even mention the person's name, but they were extremely close to me. They told me that um, I was a bad mom for having my baby out late, as if I keep my baby out late just running the streets. Mm -hmm. um, it was more so me making business moves. Right. And they would step in to help. Oh, wow. And I'm not the type of person to put my daughter off on anybody. Right. So when I go to business, when I was in the, um, I'm in the old orchard store, uh -huh. I posted pictures on social media. She was right there with me. Right. And that was a huge for So she's there. I don't put her, I mean, it's not many people that I trust with her. Right. So it's so many things that's happening. Um, today with children, but yeah, I was thought I was a bad mother because I was out making moves to secure myself. Right, where she could take her kids and press with her all the time. Yeah. So. And she's a celebrity. No one calls her a bad mom. Yeah. She's a boss chick. Why we can't be boss exactly. chicks too, right? Exactly. Ain't that right, pretty girl? 
So what do you feel like are some of the most common reasons for women, especially moms, failing or giving up on their dreams? Would it be what we just talked about, like the naysayers, or do you think it's something else? It's the naysayers. Um, it's the being burnt out from, I would say, being burnt out from having to do, because having a kid is having a job. Yes, it is, full time. I, I quickly learned that because even when, my story, my story goes like this, Patricia, you know, I was sitting on top of the world at one point saying like I was getting on interviews with the news stations, right. everything was just working in my favor, then my mom's fell to the turn, she got critically ill in April 2016, and uh -huh. I would do it all over again if I had, my mom got sick, I had to close up my store here and there, I started interviews, started missing different events. When she got critical, more and more ill, when mm -hmm. it got to a stage where after surgery, and we got to a stage where it was, um, they were telling me on the side, like, you know, start preparing your mom's will. And I'm like, no, it's not going to be that. Right. That's not that. I ended up closing up my store for months at a time. So then not only was I losing business, but then when you let products sit, you have to go and mark it down. So I started losing a lot. Then turned around, found that I was pregnant that November, no, that December, found that I was pregnant, lost my mom that January, and oh, I wow. was pregnant. Right. In the same bed and then turned around and they were telling me I was gonna lose my baby. So I went through a lot. Wow, you did. Having, I started having panic anxiety attacks coming two, three hours at a time. People was thinking that I was planning. These are people that's supposed to Oh wow. I had family members walk away, my sisters walk away, people wasn't calling to check on me. I went through a lot. Right. So when I tell people I worked my butt off to get back to a point eventually where I'm able to just do any and everything that I want again and not have to think twice about it. And people don't understand my drive now. They don't understand why I'm not answering my phone now. They right. don't understand why I turn my back. And it's not being mean, it's just the simple fact that when I needed y'all the most, y'all weren't there. And it took a lot. I I tell anybody in a minute, you know, I quit my job. I had I had worked from hadn't worked for anybody in almost three years. Right. I walked out, quit my job. I was doing that good. I made six figures on my own. Right. And turned around, had the baby, didn't have a job whatsoever. I'm like, oh God. <laughs> they repossessed my car. Right. Okay. Right. This was the stuff that people didn't know about. Exactly. Now at that point where I don't know about it. Exactly. What happened to me? I got my car back. Um. The IRS was on my butt. I'm like, people don't know too. You have a business. Right, you got to pay them. You, pay taxes. you don't pay taxes every year. You pay taxes a month. Yeah. The IRS was on my butt. Had to get that stuff straightened out. So ended up going back to work in another corporate position. Right. Um, in which I'm still at that corporate position right now. But uh -huh. I'm about to move away. Okay. Um, because I'm finally back at a point where I'm able to move around with my time. Okay. So, but yeah, it's a lot. People don't understand. Being an entrepreneur is not an easy thing. It's not. It's not a straight line. Um, my mommy doing it new, so it's like all of this is new. The business part is not new to me. Right. I know how to get back there because I'm still Right. But then and the mommy part of the mix, exactly. The full time job of the mix, I'm like, I got this. Okay. I got this. So I think people quit and they walk away. Because life throws a lot of different adversaries and adversities their way, so and they can't take it, so they break. Exactly. You, have, you know, being an entrepreneur, if you're a real entrepreneur, you're gonna know you may be, but you're not gonna break. Exactly. And if you're really in it, if this is really what you want to do, and if you believe in God, and if you you heard God tell you this is 
where you're supposed to be, you're not gonna fall, keep going, mm-hmm. you're gonna come back. You're gonna bounce back and everybody that talked about you, they're gonna be sitting back like, wow, he, what he say, he'll make them in his to still be for real tough. Exactly. So. And a lot of people think, I think that a lot of the younger women or the women in general, sometimes we, we see adversity and we think that, oh, that's God telling us that we're on the wrong path when just as God gives, the devil might be there trying to destroy what God is trying to prevail you to move forward. Because I can relate. Like, I lost my car. I was engaged. My ex-fiance wasn't supportive. So I had to walk away, move into one bedroom, my three kids, you know, fell behind on all my bills, you know, because I didn't have that support. So I can definitely relate. So it's definitely you. It's definitely for the strong at heart. I ain't the right girlfriend. She's like, yeah, you is preaching. She pushed me Every day. Looking at her, when I look at her, and the way that when it's so many different things happen, supernatural, I would say supernatural things happen during the process. And when my mom first got sick, I just kept hearing God tell me to trust the process. Okay. No matter what it looked like, trust the process. When I found out I was pregnant, it's, most people cry, get excited. The first thing I said when I found out I was pregnant, because I was at this time, I was asking God to enlarge my territory. Mm-hmm. When I found I was pregnant, I told God, if this means you're about to take my mother, sacrifice her life for life, take the baby. Um, leave my mom. And that's a that's what that's what I actually told him. But then at the same time I heard him still tell me to trust the process. Trust the process, trust what I'm gonna do. Um, just keep going. Well, my mom died the morning that my mom died, though, I would say a week or two before my mom passed. Um, I had two dreams. The first dream, um, we were in a garden. She was there saying, really, she was still living at the time. I walked up, she told me, she said, um, she was talking to me. I said, Mom, I said, what's wrong? I said, you look swollen. She said, the fluid is back. I said, the fluid is back. She said, it's back with the vengeance. I woke up. Four days when she before she passed that Friday before she came home from um, the hospital, um, I had another dream. I woke up. I thought I was waking up, but I guess I was still dreaming. And it was a bright light coming through my room window. And God just told me, "You have to let her go. She won't be in pain anymore. You have to let her go." And I told him, "No, I'm cool." I, I literally said, "No, I'm cool. I got Tylenol for that. She gonna be okay." Yep, sure enough, four days later, um, my dad had to work. I was there with my mom that night and was in a bed with her, and she didn't sleep that entire night. But she called um, my sister and I, and well, we were, my sister and I was there, and she told us, she was like, Y'all, I'm just tired. She said, She's tired of fighting. Yeah, she said, I'm tired. I was like, Don't talk like that. The morning that my mom passed, she was in so much pain. She was calling my grandmother, everybody's name. She told me, she said, baby, give me a hug. The last thing she oh, told wow. me was to give her a hug. I gave her a hug, laid her down. That was the last time she, I said anything to my mother. But that morning when she passed, I woke up at 8 11. I told her, I'm taking to the hospital. Um, so she said, I'm not going back to the hospital. Okay. I'm not going back. And she said, I need that. I'm not going back. I woke up at 8 11. She was breathing. Woke up at 8 22. So I said, wake up and look. I woke up, turned over, looked. My mom wasn't breathing. I didn't oh, wow. freak out. I got up. I had been certified with CPR. I got up. I called um, the ambulance, went across the hall, knocked on my sister's door, woke um, her husband up. Uh-huh. They came over to the house. 
And um, when they came over to the house, we moved her to the floor and started compressions. By the time that that they told me she was gone. But at that time, I knew then when I heard God tell me to trust the process, it was in spite of what you're going to go through. At that time, the doctor at the hospital had told me that I would miscarry at 11 weeks. They told me that it's possible you're going to miscarry within the next few weeks. Oh, wow. I didn't miscarry, but instead of me miscarrying, my mother actually had Right. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. But from there on, everything that happened, when I thought that it would be bad, it turned out to be good. Everything, no matter, even from the hospital, say, from, I said in the hospital four weeks, um, was running my business from a hospital room. Northwest, I'll never forget it. I had my assistant bring my laptop, bring some product down there. The hospital had me confined to a room. Right. They wouldn't let me leave out the hospital room. They wouldn't let me leave the floor. I had to stay in my hospital room the whole time. Right. She brought me my supplies up there. So I'm literally running the business from Northwestern Hospital Room. So, I mean, it don't stop. Entrepreneurism don't stop. You got to keep faith. You got to keep naysayers away from you because it's a lot of people that was telling me after you left, you know, you should just get a job. You should just get Right, up. and that's what I hear all the time. Yeah. Just give up. I then I go and I look at the 1% that didn't give up because people told them to give up too. And I look at them and I'll be like, you didn't give up. I'll never in um, the growing, what's the Think and Grow Rich? Yeah, the that's one. Yeah, book. yeah, that's a great book. It's one part of that book that sticks with me. I always tell everybody when I go out and talk to them. It says about the man that struck gold. It talks about how the one that came before him, he gave up. But then the next man came behind him with the same tools, actually with tools that were a little bit more advanced and dug a little further, and he struck gold and struck rich. And the man that left, he was like, if only I would have hit one more time. Just one more. One more time. So I tell you, like, then entrepreneur is extremely hard. You're going to have tests, you're going to have difficulties, but you got to invest in yourself. And when don't nobody believe in you, you have to believe in yourself because one thing I'm firm believing in, the universe will work in your favor. It will turn in your favor. As long as you put out positivity, keep putting out your positive stuff and stay with that positive energy. So don't give up. That's what I tell them. Okay. I think that's way off the question, but no, but I mean that <laughs> but that's that's a, a lot of reasons why you know people give up and mm-hmm. you basically, you know, went into our next question about hurdles because you had that one season hurdle after hurdle, you know, your mom, a new baby, you know, threatening miscarriage, um, your business was suffering because of everything that's going on in your personal life. Mm-hmm. Um and you, you talk about overcoming it. So with the question after that, like, was it obvious? Because I know a lot of times we're in the we're in the midst of the storm. We only see the storm. That's so how were you able to like come through that? You know, is it like now I'm through it? I can look back at it, or was it your faith in God during that process that helped you get through it? Like, what tips? I had mad at God. Okay. I was mad at God. Um, what's turned for me, and I tell people this now too. Maxine Waters, at the time, she had started the campaign saying, Reclaiming My Time. Okay, okay. And I started, I don't know if you remember, but I started everything that I post, I had to speak and encourage myself. So when I when I post stuff on Facebook, a lot of times it needs to encourage people, but it's, because, but it's also because I'm trying to encourage myself. Okay. Seeing is believing. So I write it, and it just so happens sometimes if I'm not writing on my personal blog that I only see, I'm writing, I'm going to write something. So that way when I log into it, I'm going to constantly see it. 
But the reclaiming my time, I had to tell myself every day, even in my relationship, I'm reclaiming my time. Right. I had to reclaim my time. I started, um, I don't know what happened. I think I was listening to, I woke up, yeah, I woke up one morning, it was like 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I heard, um, um, was listening to one of the, forgot which speaker was on, which pastor was on TV. I think it was Murdoch. Okay. And I don't know how much I got on that, but I woke up and I'm like, Mama, what happened? But he was talking about basically what I was going through, and it sounded as if he was talking directly to you. Yeah. And it was what I needed to hear at that particular time. So when I listened to him, I got up, I told myself, I said, you know what? You got to get back on track. Read the book. Go to the Bible. Read the Bible. Okay. I pulled out the book of Proverbs. For that week, for one week straight, I read the book of Proverbs and came back and I read the book of Job. Okay. And after that week, when I after I read the book of Proverbs, at that by that Saturday, at uh-huh. the end of the week, things started to change. It's like a burden just lifted off of me, and I had a whole new mindset. I have a book at home, um, change. I forgot who the author was, but change your change your thoughts to change your mind. Absolutely. I start changing my thoughts. I say I gotta get away from this thinking. I say I'm surrounding myself. There's too many people around me that that don't think the way that I was thinking. Okay. I'm like I don't know how I got here, but I just gotta get away from it. I right. Gotta reclaim my time. So I went on a personal reclaiming my time. Vengeance. Okay. Tunnel vision, and that's how I got out. My I haven't had a panic attack. In months now, it had got to the point where I started having panic attacks just by talking about panic attacks. Right. And I had to get away from it. I had my doctor tell me, she said, she, we don't want to medicate you. I had to go see a psychiatrist. So entrepreneurs never be afraid to go see a psychiatrist or therapist either. <laughs> okay. So I went to go, I talked to one. They said, we don't want to medicate you, but we want you to get back to yourself. Okay. So I got back to myself by basically reading my word, refocusing my energy. And watching who I allow around me. And yeah, remember what my mom would always tell me. It's not what you do to people, but it's what uh, it's not what people do to you, but what you do to people that matters. And also the way you think and when things happen to you, mm-hmm. um, the way you react to them is the way which determines the outcome. Right. So when I started doing that, no matter what stuff, stuff was hitting it back to back to back. When something else bad would happen, what I would do is I'd be like, no. That's okay. It's cool. And sure enough, with me and that attitude, I have that attitude now when things happen. That's okay. It's cool. Right. And things just change. Right. And I, I promise you, it's something about just having positive energy around you. I went to the planetarium a few years back and listened to one of the, um, they were talking about the universe and the energy and calcium and how um, energy is just transferable. Exactly. And it's real. Yeah. People don't believe that, but negatively, I want you around me. Absolutely. Negative. And that goes for family, it goes for friends, it goes for business people. I do not want you around. I'm very protective of my energy and energy. Yeah. Because one thing I know that in my self discovery journey, they always say is, what you think you become. Mm-hmm. So if you focus on the negativity, that's what you're going to attract. That's However, it. if you focus on the positivity, the that's positive it. stuff will attract. That is it. And that then by it. you, so you're a new mom, mm-hmm. baby, not even one years old yet. Yeah. And you're you're feeling reopen your store in a new location. Mm-hmm. Even like you, so your comeback is on the way. What we will call it that. Mm-hmm. So, but how do you how do you make it look so easy? 
How? How do you, so basically, how do you deal with it? Because, you know, you deal with some women that be like, oh, I just have my baby and I'm just going to take a year off or, oh, I need some time, you know, maybe when they go to kindergarten, I can get back there. You like, hell no, I have her. She's my motivation now. I have to grind harder. So, so, so do you have a system in place or you just like, you just pray and you roll with the punches? I pray, roll with the punches and I keep going. Okay. I mean, if you stop. It, it's what is that saying? You have to start in order to keep going. Okay. Something like that. But you will never know if you'll make it if you never stop. So my thing is, I'm not gonna stop because I'm not gonna stop. I feel like I've always told myself the only way I fail. You have failures in life. You have punches. I mean, every day wasn't a bed of roads of ease when a store was going. Exactly. Was open and yeah. Open. And people have to realize that, too. You're not going to always win every single day. Right. You have to take some losses to learn about your wins. And I actually enjoy my losses. That okay. may sound crazy to people, but I enjoy my losses. But it's in those losses that I learned the, mo- the most that helped me win. Exactly. So I took everything that I went through. I had to stop blaming and stop being mad at God. And I basically had to tell myself, hey, look, it happened. It happened to a lot of people. Right. Your situation may be different from some, but it's still a situation that everybody has. You can't stop. You have to keep going. My mom, when she passed, I found she used to always write. My mom was a preacher. She used to always write in these journals. I found this journal, and I keep it on my bedside, on the um, bedpost next to my bed. But it says literally, it just says basically, I'm so proud of my daughter. My daughter has a business. My daughter is a business owner. And when I find, I'm finding all these little things of my mom that was writing about me and how proud of me she was. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not giving up. I'm going to take this little, what Beyonce said, um, take a break and get back to work. Right. I took a little short break. I took, I went in, hey, hey, you got to breathe. I breathed. I I did what I had to do. But I'm like, oh, no, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to take these baby steps and I'm going to get back to it. Yeah, because you ain't stop right now, baby. Right. Well, your earring got your ear. You just, <laughs> just still going. See? I'm like, I'm like, I got to keep going. I tell, I tell, I will tell any advice, any mama out there, keep going. Don't stop. You got to start. If anything, start in the midst of your storm. Start. So do you have a a specific plan or regiment for dealing with stress or unplanned things? Like me, I'll take a step back sometimes. Yeah, I do. It's not in here. It's in our diaper bag. This is my stress. So when I'm stressed out, uh-huh. when I feel myself about the stress, I meditate now. Okay, so me too. To home, yeah. I turn the light off and I meditate. If I can't get to a room, I actually hum and I start knitting. Okay. And this helps with my stress when I say it's most common. Just knitting and humming. And I be like, Okay. People be like, what's going on? They probably think you done went crazy. Thinking like I was on a, my car. <laughs> Something else happened. I crashed my car on my birthday this year. Okay. I got it back now, but I, uh, like Mom said, I didn't have it for a while. So I was on a train, and things were happening back to back to back. I was on a train, and just sitting there, everybody was looking at me. I saw somebody pull out a camera, and you can hear of just calming. Not too loud, like a crazy person, but just calming to myself. And then, but it was so calm and peaceful. So I tell people, find something that's going to help you bring your zen and something that's going to calm you down and focus on that. Make that your focus. Even if it's you in the midst of an argument with somebody, 
walk away for five minutes and do something that's going to calm your nerves. Right. And bring it back in. So that's how I um, do that. Okay, so with you killing as a mom and as an entrepreneur, is there anything you're not good at? I'm still working on my relationship. Okay, <laughs> me too. Me too. I'm in a new relationship. So, yeah, I'm learning to stand down. Okay. I'm working on because I want my family together. Okay. A lot of people are like, if you have to walk away, walk away. It's gotten a lot better, but. <laughs> I'm working on that because I know at times with me being a matriarch and I'm looking for, I wouldn't say I'm not looking for nothing. They don't find me. Well, he's he's there, my um, daughter's father. Okay. We have to, I have to learn that my mom used to always tell me, my mom used to always tell me myself, but she used to always tell me you get more, what did you say? You get more something with honey versus with vinegar. Okay, you get more uh, bees. You attract yeah, more bees with honey, honey than honey versus yeah, honey. yeah. I heard so that saying before. I have to tell myself, uh, Tessa, you can be very dominant. Me too. Yeah. You have a very strong personality at times, and a lot of people misread you. And I'm the sweetest person in the world. Right. But with me not being able to be read, and with me being so straightforward at times, it comes off the wrong way to people that are so timid. Okay. And I have to tell myself like. You have to work that a different way. Okay. You have to tell them different ways. You can't just be so direct. So I was, I'm not the best in relationships. And I, was, I tell myself, something is wrong with me. And I'm like, nothing is wrong with me. That's why they have two men. Right. 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 He's good. We're good together. Okay. We just have to figure out each other's love language again. Exactly. And then that's what you think. It's not going to always yeah. be easy, but it'll always be worth it. So yeah. do you have any other self-care? Because you mentioned you do your knitting or your meditating. Um, is that how you relax? Or do you have a self-care regimen? Because like I feel like we live in a society or a culture where they tell you you got to run at 100 miles per hour every day. Just run. Just go. Just go. And then also as a mom, they tell us that we are supposed to neglect ourselves and give a hundred percent to our kids. You know, you're supposed to come outside with your hair standing all over your head. You're not supposed to get your nails done. So do you have a self-care day or regimen for yourself? I'm still working on that one. Okay. <laughs> so I'm still working on that one only because um I can I can be at times I wouldn't say selfish with my daughter. Okay. But with me being the type that wants to keep her close to me. Okay. I have to learn to here. Take her, right. Take her. You can take her. So, but my aunt, she's really good with my grandmother. Her, she, she thinks she owns my grandmother. She'll she'll be perfectly fine with her. She loves my um, my aunts and her dad, but she can be a little something else sometimes. Okay. And since I know that she's a handful of times, that's another reason why I just keep her with me and I do okay. it all. I'll do it all the time. But, um, yeah, self-care. I'm still working on that one. Salons. I go to the salon. She's there with me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I go to the nail shop. She's there with me. And okay. Salons and everyone is telling me, "Hey, you go by yourself." Yeah, and then, you but it's still so new to you. And if you yeah. plan on adding more, hey, 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 we just had this one. <laughs> you, you, you'll get that because that's how it was with my son. I think 
all the way up until he was three. I just had a diaper bag to match our clothes, and we was just everywhere together. So I yeah. think that will come. But now, when it's my time, I will see you guys um, in a few hours because my son is old enough to stay at home, you know. So I'm like, okay, I'm and going such and such. Life. Yeah, see you later. So, um, so... I know you talked about you got the store and you got some other stuff. Um, what other profession would you like to jump into outside of what you got going on now? To not spill the beans, but, you know, just something that intrigues you or interests you. So, I've gotten into a... Well, one that I can talk about that um, that is known, I've actually been working in, it's about some competitions there, so I can speak on that but um, I'm about to head over. My everything comes from China. Everybody, right, exactly. We don't make. We make very little. Them. Right, we make very little here in the United States. But I have my um, manufacturers and suppliers there because I'm getting over into logistics and wholesaling and okay. uh, manufacturing. But now I'm working to I'm preparing myself for 2019 so that I can actually buy a factory. In okay. China so all that right. I'm all my own stuff. What did they say? And not to bring up drug dealers because this is not a drug dealer thing. But what was that man? American I, I listen to trap music. Right. I do too. Everybody <laughs> loves trap music. Trap music. My brother went and I was like, how do you know those songs you just sing? So, literally every song was on That's that how song. you do this. Exactly. But um, moving to, I have to be able to, an American gangster, when Denzel Washington played that part, he did something. He cut out the middleman. Exactly. You have to. cutting out the middleman. Absolutely. And, yeah, that's why I'm going to go and start that factory over in China and do my, hire my own people. Okay. So that's what I'm working on. But, um. That's major. Yeah, it's okay, I guess. No, girl, that's major because a lot of people don't even, like, yeah. think on that level. You know, it's just like, even yeah. if they tap into being an entrepreneur, they're okay with that small, you know, like, yeah. little huddle. But you're saying, no, I'm cutting out all the middlemen. I'm the middleman. Okay. So okay. I eventually, um, in one of the groups, I don't know if you're in it, but if you're not joining, it's called Diva on Facebook. Um, um, it's a group of, it's, it's um, I don't know if you know Cassie, but... They have the buy black groups. And one thing that I noticed in these groups is that even though we're entrepreneurs, African Americans are not 100%. You're not getting, you're not a 100% black business, or it's not 100% black because okay. we're getting our products from other races. races. Exactly. So the only way you can do that is if you're on a factory, and that's why I'm going into logistics and manufacturing. Okay. I, well, they don't work for me, and then that way it's gonna be a black-owned company. It's just gonna be working for me. Absolutely, okay, so, that's um, major. But that's that, and I'm getting to. Um, I have a website that's been out there probably for a few months now. I don't tell people, and I'm still not gonna drop the name of it now because I don't want people running to it. Okay, but I'm wedding planning now. So okay, been doing that for a little while, and it's a lot of things that people say. A lot of things I stopped sharing on my Facebook page for the simple fact, and like I say, everybody ain't happy for you. Exactly. Um, and with them not being happy for me, I also noticed that when I did have this store, I would post a picture, get 150 comments, inquiries, and likes, and they would imprint and like it, and then go tell their person to buy it or get oh, what they never came. So okay. I stopped sharing stuff like that either. I'm like, okay. oh, you'll see it when you see it now. So that's how I am. If you run across it and you inquire about business and just so happened, I'll pop up at the conversation. You got it that way. I had to remind myself my first three sales when I first started doing business five years ago didn't come from nobody in my family or friends list. It actually came from a woman in California, Texas, and over in Atlanta, Georgia. So, yeah. 
That's and outside of my boyfriend, no one in my family been in my office. So yeah. I can I can definitely attest so, to that. I'm like, I'm not promoting sharing with y'all no more. I'm promoting sharing with the people that actually look for the services. So, yeah. so what advice would you give your younger self or a young girl that hears this and be like, yeah, that's what I've been wanting to get into, but I'm scared or I don't know how or, or just I want to become an entrepreneur. Maybe not exactly what you're doing, something else. What advice would you give them? The advice that I would give any young woman, and especially my younger self, is start early. Start early. Yeah. Don't doubt yourself. Okay. Um, you don't have to have it planned out to the T. You just have to start. Okay. Don't give up. Start. You don't need, heck, you don't need money to start. Right. You just need to have a willing mind, a goal, and you have to be able to go get it without have more to say. You have to go out there and the thing is you just gotta start. I didn't start my business with a whole lot of money. When I opened the store, I started with savings with a couple of, um, I started the store, I opened up with 15,000 when I did the Rick Morton. And that was still nothing compared to the store made 92,000 the first year it was open. Okay. But, and that's only from a seed of starting with what I had in my savings. But when I started the store originally, these. I think I invested fifty bucks. I had just did my um, just did my research on found a wholesaler that I wanted to work with. I bought some wholesale jewelry, fifty dollars. Sold the jewelry, made I think almost two hundred dollars off of the fifty dollar investment. Um, turned around, went to my auntie Nisi, and my auntie Nisi let me borrow two hundred and thirty three dollars. To buy a case of shoes because I ain't want to spend my money. I read that they say you're supposed to spend other money. That's another thing I tell them. Spend other people money when you start a business. If they okay. don't give it to you, spend it. Um, she gave me the money. Went and bought a case of shoes. The first three sales came from California, Texas, and Atlanta, Georgia. And the rest is history from now. So you be as it was flipping from the 50 I on up. flipping. I started flipping. From 50 to so 6K. You don't need no money to Six start. Minutes. And when you start, when I started my dance business, I didn't have no money to start. I just had been doing ballet for what, almost 16 years and I was technical with it where I could teach terminology so that set me aside from everybody else. Right. When I, was, when I was taught ballet, I was taught in French. So I was teaching black girls ballet, French, ballet, modern jazz in the urban community and my dance school started from that and I started that basically just teaching and starting people, um, charging the parents $10-$12 to teach a class. Wow. And then $10-$12 to teach a class when I did my first recital. Um, the kids loved me so much, I ended up taking the program. My mom worked for CPS, ended up working at a plan bringing um, the program into CPS. I take a drink, tell you. Took the program to CPS. All the kids, I was supposed to have 12 kids in my class. Turned out to 42 kids in my class, and then I had that program. Mother Dance program had started back on a Saturday, and I had an after another program that came in on the weekends. Right. That was after both of those shows. So tickets, ten kids. The tickets sold ten kids, ten tickets apiece, and you just have to strategize. Right. If you have a gift, use your gift. You get to make one for you. Don't need money. You just need to have a willing mind and willing heart. And be a people person. And when you start a business, you got to kill that black business thing that we have terrible customer service because people pride my businesses on having amazing customer service. Right, exactly. If you go, that's another thing I'll tell a younger person starting a business. If you're going to start a business, don't start a business for money because you'll figure. 
if you want to, and that sounds crazy, but when you start a business, you're starting a business because you're passionate about it. Right. You're starting a business because you're trying to change something. That's right. why people start businesses. They're not just starting businesses because, oh, I want to wake up and be a millionaire. No, it's not going to work that way. Right. So you probably be negative a lot of times before you get rich. But start a business because you're passionate about it. And when you get into business, know that your business and you are a representation of your personal brand. So you have to have amazing customer service. Everybody ain't gonna be nice to you in business. I ain't got cussed out a few times in my own store. Yeah. But you have to have amazing customer service because I'm so sick and tired of people saying I'm not gonna shop with black people because they do. Exactly. And I always tell because I I help uh, small businesses with branding, and I always tell them, would you? shop with you mm -hmm. because if you want to shop with yourself or you want to accept the type of service you're giving to somebody else exactly. why would you why would you even set it up like that in the uh -huh. first place that's it so i'll be telling that start don't give up keep going get you a mentor and just do what you love so what I know you, you say getting over there you're gonna have your own factory so is there anything else we can expect from you in the near future that you want to drop right now you're gonna keep it hush hush and just boom I'm gonna keep it hush hush okay but just know that she got some fire stuff that's on the way exactly know that I ain't giving up on nothing and I may have went away for a little while but you're back <laughs> back with Avengers okay and then lastly before we wrap this up um how do people reach you they can reach me on social media. I'm all over social media. Um, Shop Lure Chasseurs for the business. Okay. Um, you can reach Shop Lure Chasseurs on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, Tumblr. Um, where else? Fancy. Anywhere there's social media, we have a huge presence there. Okay. Um, as far as my personal brand on Facebook, you can find me under Contessa. So it's the page just contested. My website is being worked on. I'm changing the domain name because now I don't know if I want to make it. My Instagram is, I'm redoing my brand too. Okay. I'm branding myself, but I don't know if I want to keep it contested the brand or just make it contested use of something simple. So okay. Working on the website, but it'll be up um, soon. But the one thing that's not changing is Shop Lure Shop Store. So you okay. can definitely find me there. And then we will also, of course, have your information on social media when this is available on iTunes so they can find you as well and we'll put a note of that as well. Mm -hmm. So again, thank you Contessa because you just held it down in here with the baby. <laughs> she just did this while having the interview. I probably would have said we got to pause, I need to break but, but she's dominating which is why we are so glad to have you and have your advice. Thank you baby girl for being an a good baby, cause you want you want. I mean, you was hungry. You want your treats, but for the most part, you've been pleasant. And I am sweet with treats. I am out. Mm -hmm.